Welcome to another Booch News podcast with Ian Griffin. On Sunday, April 5th, Adam Vanny, the founder of Jar Kombucha based in London, arranged for an Instagram live conversation with the legendary GT Dave, founder of GT's Kombucha in Los Angeles. In this edited highlight, we join Adam as he asks GT how he scaled up production to become the largest kombucha producer on the planet. I mean, that's incredible. And how did you end up taking that home brew recipe, though, and, and scaling up, though? I mean, like, what's, what I find incredible about the product that you make is that it tastes like you've made it in your home. It's the closest tasting, like, to any uh, home-brewed kombucha I've ever tried. And there's something amazing about that because the scale at which you produce and the, and the fact that you're the largest kombucha brewery in the world, you're still able to hold on to that quality and consistency that you would get in a home-brew. Uh, is there anything you can share with us about that process? Yeah, absolutely. So it's quite simple. I mean, because I started making kombucha as a teenager, and I hadn't gone to school for production, manufacturing, food science, whatever. And so the way I approached making kombucha was just like anybody approach, approaches making dinner at home for their loved ones, right? You start with fresh ingredients and you spend a lot of time and attention into making the best meal possible. And so kombucha was honestly no different than that. I mean, as I said earlier... I started it because it's helped my parents and helped my mother and something that I became very passionate about. I started bottling it not because I was looking to start a company or make money or become wealthy or anything like that. I really just wanted to protect and celebrate this beautiful thing called kombucha that clearly inspired me, touched my, my family's lives, and I just wanted others to enjoy it. So to, to answer your question, all I really did is just keep it simple. I didn't start to research manufacturing techniques of like, how do you scale? How do you mass produce? How do you do all these things? It, to me, my production was essentially a homemade brew that I would bottle with a funnel and a strainer in bottles. And then as my business continued to grow, the, the actual production of kombucha, the small batches and all of that hasn't changed. The only thing that has changed is the way we bottle. So, Gone are the days where I'm bottling by hand with that strainer and that funnel. Now we actually have bottling equipment. But quite yeah. honestly, everything upstream from that, so the brewing, the fermentation, the cultivation, the way we handle our cultures, the size of our vessels, all of that is essentially identical to what I was doing in my parents' household in the 90s. And it's something that we're very proud of. And it's something that we have to work hard to continue to explain to people because unfortunately in this day and age people judge by what they see and if you see our bottles in every marketplace throughout the country you're going to assume that we're mass producing it so yeah i mean basically i i know in your bottles it says um our vessels are big enough to hug and um it just it i remember the early days of jar it inspired like thinking about the way that you were producing inspired this like willy wonka type fantasy in my brain and um i just think it's incredible that um that you guys are still doing it in that size vessel I, and you can tell man you can tell by the flavor it's just it's the best out there and i was um 
I, I tell a lot of people that every time I go home, because I'm from L.A., as you know, originally, and every time I land in L.A., my parents take me to Whole Foods, and I end up spending way too much money on your kombucha, and it stocks me for the whole trip. So That's um, awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely one of your biggest fans. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. It means a lot to me. So I guess touching on your product range, um, in recent years, you've sort of, uh, GT's kombucha has evolved into GT's living foods. And what's amazing is every time I go back to LA and visit family, I see a new product that you've created. So you've got now uh, a range of low alcohol kombuchas. Um, the red wine one is incredible, by the way. I don't know how you nailed that flavor. It's incredible. Thank you. <laughs> um, the adaptogenic mushroom-based drinks, you've got the water kefir, you've got coconut yogurt, and then my favorite, which is the dream catcher. I absolutely love that. And it's um, when I'm home, that's kind of the only source of caffeine that I, that I take in. So um, I guess what are your aspirations then for the next five to ten years? What does the future of your company look like? Yeah, that's a great question. That's something that, again, I think really I solidified my path about three, almost four years ago. And that started with, as you mentioned, the renaming of the company. Because, you know, previously the company's name was Millennium Products, which didn't really mean anything. It was a silly name that my parents came up with in the 90s because everybody was talking about Y2K. Now, obviously Y2K is in our rear view these days, so it was kind of meaningless to have that name. And so naturally, I could have renamed the company GT's Kombucha, because that's what the world knows us by. But for me, it was really important to transcend kombucha and not be confined to a singular product offering. Because yes, kombucha is my heart and soul. Yes, kombucha is the crown jewel of everything that we do. But it's not the only thing I'm passionate about. And in many ways, it's a representative of foods and ways of living that I'm a big advocate of. So as a company, GT's Kombucha, we named it GT's Living Foods. And the reason why I did that is that I think every company, especially when it's going through high growth, to put a stake in the ground and say, this is what we stand for. This is why we exist. Because again, I think as brands become super popular, you start to think that everything you touch is gold, which can sometimes mean that you'll start to put out these meaningless products just because you can and just because they'll sell and just because you put your name on it, people will rush to it. But in my opinion, that's not a reason why. And so with the new name of the company, it was my way of saying we stand for living foods, not just raw, living, authentic kombucha, but also other raw foods and other living foods, which gave us permission to play in the water keeper space and the coconut yogurt space and all of that. And, you know, to be quite honest, I've always been a fan of these types of products, but I always gave myself excuses of why not to venture into those new areas. And what kind of gave me permission to do that, in addition to the name change, is that I was seeing the kombucha category start to splinter. And I was noticing that the word kombucha wasn't always being synonymous with authentic fermentation, gut health, you know, naturally occurring probiotics. And instead, I was noticing it was slowly becoming like a new age soda. And, and that, to be honest, frightened me. And I thought, gosh, I don't want to be like a blockbuster video or like one of those antiquated businesses that just sat and did the same thing to ultimately wake up one day and go, oh, my God, my industry has completely changed. So that, in conjunction with my personal passion with all these living foods, I said to myself in 2017, I'm going to start opening up the, the doors 
to express and showcase these living foods. And I'm going to use this platform that I've been blessed with, that Kombucha gave to me essentially, to use it as my microphone, if you will, to talk about these other beautiful foods. So whether it's medicinal mushrooms, whether it's water kefir, whether it's everything that you just described, these are things that I'm passionate about. So going forward, I mean, in many ways, I feel like we're just getting started. There's so many other things. I mean, as you know, the world of fermented foods is a brilliant, beautiful, expansive world. And it's not limited to just the few things that we have on our shelves today. There's so many other things out there. So because I think I'm kind of wired this way to be a version of like a trailblazer and I'm okay with taking certain calculated risks, I feel that it, it really is my, you know, torch to carry, if you will, to be one of the first to to create these fermented foods on a broader scale, but still maintaining their authenticity, but making them in a high quality and accessible way, hopefully with some uh, uh, premium branding so people feel good about it. But then people will slowly awaken to all these other opportunities of fermented foods out there for them. Oh, that's, I mean, it's incredible that you're taking all these ancient things that have been around for thousands of years and, and making them relevant for people, um, and not only designing them beautifully, but also making them taste like really, really freaking good. So, um, yeah, I've got to, like, got to give you an applaud for that. <laughs> Thank um, you. Um, one last question before we go into a quick rapid fire series. Um, I, um, you know, personally, over the past few years, I've just met so many people in the kombucha world, and honestly, I've met some of the kindest, most genuine people ever, and it's an incredible community of people. Um, and I guess I wanted to ask, uh, what what does the word community mean for you, and how do you express that through your through your company? Um, you know, I know that you have many employees, you have many fans that drink your things. What is what does community mean to you? Yeah, I mean, community means a lot of things to me, to be honest, but I think the word that describes community the most, and I think I, I've learned this through kombucha, is to be symbiotic. And what that means is to really, that we're better together, and that we're synergistic. And so community is really a culmination of all these different walks of life that are anchored with a um, commonality of a certain belief or value and that we work together to express that. And there really is no ego, and there shouldn't be any ego in community, because we're all working towards a common greater good. And in my mind, is, is why community is so beautiful, is it really is people being united. And unity is something that I think all of us need more of in this world, and I think COVID-19 is kind of teaching a lesson, us a lesson in that respect, is that we need to understand that we are so incredibly connected, regardless of our age, our demographic, our ethnicity, our creed, our sexual orientation. Like, again, this virus doesn't discriminate. And so I think it's a, it's a reason or a lesson for us to realize that, honestly, there's only one race, and that's the human race. And there's one planet, and it's planet Earth. And we're all Earthlings, and that's it. Thanks for listening to Booch News. For more about kombucha, please visit boochnews.com.